We're going to look at Psalm number 127, just five verses. So let's read verses one through five, and then we'll pray, okay? The Bible says, Except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. Except the Lord keep the city, the watchman waketh but in vain. It is vain for you to rise up early, to sit up late, to eat the bread of sorrows, for so he giveth his beloved sleep. Lo, children are an heritage of the Lord, and the fruit of the womb is his reward. As arrows are in the hand of a mighty man, so are children of the youth. Happy is the man that hath his quiver full of them. They shall not be ashamed, but they shall speak with the enemies in the gate. Let's pray together. Our Lord in heaven, we come to you, Lord, with your word before us. Lord, our hearts are open to you. Lord, we just, we ask you to meet with us by your spirit and to manifest your presence and power and especially, Lord, that you would take your word and as we, as we dive into it, as we dig, as we look for the truths and meditate upon what it says, that you would guide us, our thoughts, our mind, our heart. Lord, I pray that the spirit of God who searches the hearts and minds, knows the reins of man, would search each one of us. Lord, to encourage us, to strengthen us, to reprove us. I pray that you would guide in everything I say and help me not to say anything that's displeasing to you. And I pray that you would help your people uh, to hear the word of God with receptive ears. Lord, you would, you would just bless our time together. And uh, this psalm here, these five verses, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. And we think about mother. We think about uh, a Mother's Day. You know what separates a what distinguishes a woman from a mother is a child. And something you know, I, I, as I was thinking this week, I got to go into the. Uh, well, I should say, Joseph and Pam were hospitable enough to allow me to go visit them in the hospital. Um, after Nathaniel was born and I got to hold him and, you know, and I thought to myself as I went how, how an enormous blessing a child like that is. And uh, it's not a normal, just a run-of-the-mill standard blessing. A child is not that. A child is among the most important, the most substantial blessings that God gives us. And our church, I want our church to, to know that, right? Not just know it, I want us to embrace it. I want us not only, not only do, we, uh, do we rejoice with those that have children, and we rejoice with the mothers and with the fathers, but we also become sort of like mothers and fathers to these kids, and, uh, and to help them and encourage them, and having children and uh, especially a lady being being involved and up to her neck with loving her husband and loving her children and bringing up children and teaching her children and being there for her children, that is the pinnacle. That is the pinnacle. And I know this world has totally warped, totally warped what it is to, what is the most important thing for a lady. Totally warped it to where now, Killing your child is a virtue. And I'm not, I'm not exaggerating. David knows. I'm not exaggerating at all. Not even a little. 
It's, a, it's actually an active good to do that. And having kids is, is often viewed as a, as, a, as a burden, a ball and chain, a, a hindrance to a, a successful career, which in the end of that, in the end of that, is you're left with just money. You know what? That's not, that's not good enough. There's something far higher than that for a lady. And being a mother is something that is a unique place, a unique honor that God gives to a woman that He doesn't give to anybody else. It's a unique honor. And that's what I want to look at today. In Psalm 127, verse 1, the Bible says, Except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. Except the Lord keep the city, the watchman waketh but in vain. So here you have the building the house and keeping the city, the idea of originating and preserving. God is the originator and God is the preserver. Now, we know that many times in the Bible, when the, when, the, when the Bible refers to a house, it's referring to a physical house. Children of Israel would go into the land of Canaan and they would build houses for themselves, right? So we know that's a common, uh, a common way that, that the word house is used, but it's also used in this kind of figurative way to refer not to the building, but to the people. We call it our families. We say it, we say it our, in our time too. We say how our, our home, we refer not to the, the, the place where we stay, but we refer to the people that, uh, that live there. And as, so as bricks are to a house, so are our children to our families. You see the comparison. But here's the point we need to see from verse number one is this. We desperately need the Lord to build our houses. We desperately need the Lord to build our houses. In other words, we need God to be actively involved in our family's upbringing. This is not, this is not something where we want God to help us do it. That's not what the verse says. The verse does not say, except the Lord help you build your house. No, he is the builder of it. And if God, if, if without God's building, our, our home, our family, our children, listen now, our homes are doomed for ruin, especially in our time. You know, there was a time in our society where people would have kids and people who didn't weren't really who weren't believers in Christ and weren't saved and they didn't they didn't they didn't go to church perhaps and they they weren't involved in religion so to speak and they would raise children and they would have a nice little family and you know husband would be faithful to his wife and wife faithful to the husband and to the children and and they would teach their children to you know to be upstanding and moral people but we don't live in this day anymore where those things are highly regarded. It's the reverse now. We live in a time where the very opposite is what is glorified. And you know what? If, you're, if your child is in a school, where in a public school setting, you, there is the ungodliness that they are hearing and seeing and what's being instilled in them is beyond your imagination. You should start asking some questions. And I, I'm not even joking. You should know what your, what your kids are hearing. And those, there are people in our church that work at the public schools and have worked at public schools. And I went to public school and I'm telling you, 
there is some really bad stuff that goes on in public schools. I'm not saying, I'm not making a statement about go to a public school, homeschool. That's not my point at all. My point is, is that the idea that, that the idea that you're going to be able to raise your family and your family's not going to come to total ruin if we just take a hands-off approach and we just kind of go along and to get along and we just go the way society flows is not true. Your family and my family, except God is actively involved in our families, our children will be ruined. There is, our children are, again, I am not just fear-mongering here. I'm telling you, people are targeting our children to change their minds. It's on TikTok, it's on Instagram, it's on all the social media, it's in their schools. I'm telling you, I'm, I'm not joking. This, the, what is happening is, is intentionally targeting kids. And again, we got to come between that and our kids. And we got to ask God to start building our family. Our children have no chance against the flood of this world. I'm just telling you. We have no, our kids, your kids, have no, your kids and maybe your grandkids have no chance against the flood of this world except the Lord get involved in their upbringing. They will be swept away. And you know what will be left? We'll be sorrowing for our children, what has happened to them. It doesn't have to be that way. Except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. Proverbs 10.1, listen to this. The Proverbs of Solomon, a wise son maketh a glad father, but a foolish son is the heaviness of his mother. Proverbs 17.25 says, a foolish son is a grief to his father and bitterness to her that bear him. Now look at that, look at that from the parent, look at those two verses from the parent's perspective. Do any of us want, do any of us want to have a situation in which our children are causing us bitterness and sorrow and heaviness? None of us want that. None of us want sorrow or heaviness at all. But this is the result if the Lord doesn't build the house. That's what I'm trying to say. This is the result. We, and this is all I want to say about this, we need God in our families raising our kids. We need to depend upon Him, and we need to obey Him, and we need to act upon what He says to get our, to get our God inside our family. Without His blessing, without God's blessing, which remember, God's blessing, what does that come from? If we think that if we think we we're going, going to going to rebel and ignore and neglect what the Lord says about our family and how to interact with our family and how to raise our children and expect God's blessing is going to be present in our family, we're mistaken. The blessing of God res, results from obedience within our homes, and you know what? Without this is what this verse is saying. Without this blessing, our families will fail, and none of us want that. None of us want that. But with God's blessing, look at Psalm 128, verse 1. Look what it says real quick. Blessed is the man, blessed is everyone that feareth the Lord, that walketh in his ways. For thou shalt eat the, the labor of thine hands. Happy shalt thou be, and it shall be well with thee. Notice what it says. 
Here's a man who fears God and walks in his ways. Is that not obedience? Obedience is not a bad word. God says it. We say, Lord, best of my ability. I love you. I want to do it. But the result of that obedience is blessing. Thy wife, verse 3, shall be as a fruitful vine by the sides of thine house. Thy children like olive plants round about thy table. Verse 6, yea, thou shalt see thy children's children and peace upon Israel. You see this? The blessings that result from the man, the family, the mother who fears the Lord. The blessings come from obedience. Because we fear him, because we love him in our home, in private, he, his blessing rests upon our homes. And the fruit of that blessing is joy and peace and a happy family. Now, everybody wants the blessings of a happy family. But often we want the blessings of a happy family without the God that gives the blessings. We want the fruit of it without God who gives it. We want the good result without the fear of the Lord, without the obedience, and without following the Lord and loving Him. And so mom and dad don't obey the Lord. Mom and dad don't, don't sincerely try to raise their kids right, are negligent. And so what happens? Those blessings don't come to pass. It, no matter how much we want them. You know, we can labor ourselves exhausting ourselves, going here, going there to build our family, making sure we're present for every game, we're present for every award ceremony, we're and that's all fine and good. We can do all that. But here's the thing. If we do all of those things, we try to be the active parent, and that's what the, does that is not, not what the world says. How do you be a good parent according to the world? Be a present parent. Be an active parent. Be an involved parent. And that's all good. We, are, we try to be that in our family. But that's not enough. You and I need God in our family. He needs to be the centerpiece such that the Lord is doing the building. Being an active parent, going here and going there, is not equal to the Lord building the house. <clears throat> but you know what? God has chosen to be, God has chosen to use means to build your house. In other words, not only does God say He'll build our house, but look at what this says in Proverbs 14:1. Every wise woman buildeth her house. So in, in, this, in, our, in our text here, in 127 verse 1, he says, the Lord builds the house. And in Proverbs 14, he says, a wise woman builds her house. You know what that means, ladies, mothers? That means that you have a role. God will use you to build up your house or to pluck it down. But the foolish plucketh it down with her hands. Proverbs 24, verse 3 says this Through wisdom is an house builded, and by understanding it is established, and by knowledge shall thy, the chambers be filled with all, listen now, all precious and pleasant riches. The description is a, is a house, the, 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 it's a comparison, it's a metaphor. You're building a house and you build it with all the little bricks and you make it all nice and decorate the house and you have little chambers, rooms in your house where you keep all your treasures because you're wealthy. But what is it talking about? 
It's talking about your family. Those treasures, you know what those things are? They're your kids. Hey, how do I know that? Look back at 127, verse 3. Lo, children are in heritage of the Lord, and the fruit of the womb is his reward. What is a heritage? I think we talked about this last Sunday a little bit. Heritage is a possession. Oftentimes in the Bible, a heritage refers to like land or property that somebody might own. It might refer to something that, that a, a parent possesses that they pass down to their kids because like an heirloom or, or something valuable that is passed down to their children. That's a heritage. It's a possession. I want to ask you a question. This says, children are in heritage of the Lord. What do you have? that is more valuable than your children? What do you have in your life? What possession do you have? Your house, your car, your bank account, your safe, your stocks, your bonds, your gold, your silver. What do you possess that is more important than your children? Because this verse says children are in heritage. They're a possession. They're one of the things we own. Listen, in Job, I won't go to, I won't go to Job for time's sake, but it says after, after Job lost all of his possessions, he says this. He said, Naked came I out of my mother's womb, and naked shall I return thither. The Lord gave, and the Lord hath taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. The Lord gave Job his possessions. And you know what? In chapter 1 of Job, his possessions are outlined. You know what they are? In verse 15, his cattle. In verse 16, his flocks. In verse 17, his camels. In verse 19, his children. His children were listed as one of his possessions. Now, I'm going to ask you a question. Do you consider your children as your greatest possession outside of the Lord. Do you consider your children your greatest possession? Because they are. The only exception to that might be your husband and your wife, but I'll consider them one for the time being. Because both mom and dad, they, they share in the, the Bible calls it the grace of life, right? They share in this reality. They're your children, mom and dad, your children are your greatest possession. Now the question then is, do you cherish them as your greatest possession like you do your physical possessions? Do you maintain them, care for them, pay attention to them like you do your physical possessions? The, second thing, the next thing I want you to see is, is in verse is also in verse 3. Look what it says. Lo, children are an heritage of the Lord. You know what that means? Your children and my children are God's property. That's what it says. Now, if they are God's property, that means we are mere stewards of what belongs to God. We can't just raise our kids the way we think best and do right by God. 
We can't just use our own wisdom and to teach our kids uh, uh, whatever methods or uh, ideas or philosophies that are being passed around. We can't raise our children in the way we think best. They're God's children. They're God's heritage. That's what the verse says. They belong to God. They are His possession ultimately. We are bound, duty bound, to raise our kids according to what God says because they're His. Our children properly belong to God. We can't raise them according to our own wisdom and we can't raise them according to the wisdom of our previous generations because often, you know, like, like the, the, the quote I just, I quoted at the beginning of the service, sometimes I open my mouth and my mother, my mother comes out or something, whatever it said. That's the way. We raise our kids according to the way we were raised. But it's, listen, but at some point, some point we're going to have to put our, put our, put our foot down. And we're going to have to stop that. We're going to say, no. That might be good. There might be good aspects to it. But I'm raising my children according to what God says because they are God's heritage. They belong to Him. That's why the Lord says in Ephesians chapter 6, this is a familiar verse to you. And ye fathers, and I could apply this just the same to mothers. Provoke not your children to wrath. Now listen to this. This is a command. But bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. The nurture and admonition of the Lord. The, the three words of the Lord are very important in that verse. You know why? Because it tells us that the Word of God and the person of God should be, should be intertwined in the way that we raise our kids. We should not raise our kids to be a present parent, but to be a godly parent and to give them God's Word and not just say, you shouldn't do that. No, it should be, the Lord tells us not to do that. And that means to set an example for our kids, for moms and for dads. This is what it means to, to submit to the Lord's building our house. Our children belong to God. We must raise them. We must raise them with an understanding that they are His possession and we are stewards. Our, chil our, <coughs> our children are given to us by the Lord. Look what it says, verse 3. And the fruit of the womb is His reward. So those kids belong to God. You know what God has done? He has decided to do this by His grace. He has decided that He is going to share our children with us. He's going to, he's, the blessings that come from children, He's going to give us those blessings and He's going to share those blessings with us so that we get the joy that comes from raising our kids. He shares this by His grace for the benefit and for the blessing. So if God has given us our kids as, as a blessing to us, do we view our kids as gifts from God to be cherished? When is the last time that you have, you have acknowledged that God gave you your kids to you? When is the last time that you thanked God for your children? You said, Lord, you gave me my kids. Lord, thank you 
You have given me so much joy and so many riches because of those kids. When's the last time you verbally thank God? Here's why I say verbally. Because when we thank God for something that he does for us, it puts us aware that these children are not to just be thrown about and raised in any old way. They're gifts from God. And we got to be careful and conscious and purposeful in the way we raise them. And all of us will give an account for the way we raise our kids. You know what, in this world, I'll say this and we'll move on to the next verse. In this world, children are viewed as a burden and a curse. Listen, I don't ever, I've heard that, I've heard those words given to me. I have six kids and as they were coming along, they were, you know, most of them were, were like within two years of each other when they were born. And I've heard all the comments. I've heard them in Walmart. I've heard them, you know, I've heard, I've heard Christian people say them. We've heard it all, all right? We should not be saying disparaging words to parents about their children. God gave those kids as a blessing. They are nothing else. The problem is, though, if we view them in some other way, then we're viewing them in a way that God doesn't describe them. Our children are our greatest riches. I'll say it again. Our children are our greatest riches. God gives children as a blessing but it is we that view them as a cross. That should not be. That should not be. You know, here's the thing. When you have kids and you teach those kids right and you love those kids and you set a godly example for those kids and you bring them up, as the scripture says, in the nurture and admonition of the Lord and those kids turn around, you know what will happen? They'll be one of the biggest blessings in your life. Far superior to money or anything else like that. But it, like I said, if we fail to maintain this possession, if we, if we don't care for it properly, it'll ruin. It'll ruin. It's a person. It'll ruin. And listen, the, the, the pinnacle, the goal for raising our kids is not, is not that they be successful and make money. It is that they fear God and love God. That is the pinnacle. And that ought to be what's in your mind and my mind when we're, we're thinking about how we're going to raise our kids. That's the goal. Let's move on because I don't want to take too long. Verse number four. As arrows in the hand of a mighty man, so are children of the youth. First thing I want you to see about this verse is this. As arrows in the hand of mighty men. That means our children are compared to arrows. The parents, mom, dad, you're compared to a mighty man. That means if you are going to effectively shoot those arrows, you know what you're going to have to be? You're going to have to be yourself a mighty man. You know, in 2 Chronicles 14, the Bible describes a 204 score thousand it's of an army. It says they bear shields and drew bows. All these were mighty men of valor. They were archers. They stood off far from the battle, but they were skilled with the, with the bow and with the arrow. They were mighty men. They were fearless. 
They, were, they, they had valor. You know, you need valor and courage if you're going to raise your kids for God. Not right, but for God. In God's way. You're going to need some courage. But these are mighty men of valor. I just want to ask you this. How can you shoot the arrow of your children aright if you yourself are not a mighty man or a mighty woman? That's why you need to work on your and I need to work on my relationship to God first. We got to be mighty. We have to be skilled. We have to walk with God. We have to be holy. We have to set the example, right? That's what it means to be a mighty man. This is the comparison. And when, when we're skilled and we set an example, you know what we do? That allows us to have skill to draw that bow back and to let go of that arrow. But how would an arrow, let me ask, how would an arrow fly if the archer was unskilled? I'm not an archer. And I guarantee I couldn't hit anything with a, with a bow and arrow. You see, if, if we as parents, if we as parents are not right with God ourselves, and God is not our first priority, first priority, and we seek Him with all of our heart ourselves, we're going to be an unskilled archer. You know what? When that happens, we have no idea where that arrow is going to end up. When we fling that, we take it out of the quiver, and we fling that thing into the sky, we don't know where it's going to go because we're unskilled ourselves. How we shoot our arrows determines how our arrows fly and whether they hit the target. Right? But I also want to point out this. You and I are also arrows belonging to someone else. You're an arrow. You know that? You are your parents' arrow. You've already been, if you've, if you've gone, you've left the house and you, you've gone into adulthood, you've already left the bow and the bowstring. You've already left it. Someone shot you. But you know what? Sometimes, please listen to me. But there are some people who are arrows who have deviated from where they were shot. They were shot right. Maybe not perfectly, but they were shot right in the right direction and in the right way to the best of the knowledge of the, chill, of the parents. And the arrow is, is crooked and it's deviated, and it's not following the, the, what the parents have, have, have instructed for it. It's going its own direction. It is wildly gone off course from where it was intended to be shot. This is a curved, a crooked arrow. I want to ask you, listen, are you a curved and crooked arrow that was shot right, but refused to go the right direction? Living in rebellion, to what your parents have told you to do, how they've instructed you, the ideals that they, they lay before you, the word of God that they've tried to tell you. It's not all the parents' fault. When a crooked arrow, a, 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 a skilled archer, an expert archer can shoot a crooked arrow and it's not gonna go right. And the pro, here's the thing. A crooked arrow needs to get born again. That's the bottom line. A crooked arrow needs to be recreated. Otherwise, it'll be crooked forever. And then in verse 5, we come full circle. 
And this is where I want to leave you. Happy is the man that hath his quiver full of them. You know, people always argue about how many is in a quiver. I don't care. But what I want to show you is it says happy. You know, Joseph and Pam have this baby. Hopefully they'll have more. I hope they have as many as they want to have. I'm not joking. If you and I bring our children up in the fear of God truly, we set an example for them, we show them what God says truly, you know what will happen? We'll end up in verse 5. Happy is the man. Happy is the woman that hath his quiver full. This is God's intention. God wants motherhood on this Mother's Day to be a happy occasion. He wants motherhood to be, to be a source of joy. This is a, a, a temporary, admitted, right? Your children, your relationship as, as mother and child is temporary. It lasts as long as we live. We get to heaven, there won't, there won't be that anymore. But on this, on this earth, in this temporal time, God wants us to have joy in those children. You know what? I know that oftentimes we don't have joy of our kids. Just being transparent with you. But you know what? Starting today, you can bring this problem to God and say, God, Maybe you haven't been in my life, in my family, like you should have been. You haven't been building the house like you should have been. But Lord, right now, right this minute, I want you to be in the center of my family again. And maybe that won't fix everything overnight, but Lord, I want you to build this house. I want to see these arrows of mine fly in the right direction and to land on target where you want them to be in the will of God. So I just encourage you, when we have our invitation, the Lord's touched your heart to come down here or you can stay in your seat and you talk to God about your arrows. That God would give you arrows that would bring you joy. God would give you arrows that would fly in the right direction. God would give you arrows that would land in the right place. And God would make you and me into mighty men and women who are skillful at sending those arrows. Let's pray together.